This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. Daniel chapter number 7. And uh, we come to verse number one. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, kings and kingdoms. Kings and kingdoms. In the book of Daniel, we understand that Daniel was a captive. He was a Jew who was carried away out of Jerusalem into Babylon and uh, King Nebuchadnezzar and his army invaded Jerusalem and carried those captives uh, back to Babylon. And Daniel and his friends were trained uh, to stand in the court of King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, in Daniel chapter number two, Daniel interprets a dream uh, that Nebuchadnezzar had. In that dream, Nebuchadnezzar saw an image with a head of gold and a chest uh, of silver and uh, loins strength of, of, of brass and then legs of iron. That, in, that vision uh, was a revelation of God concerning the kingdoms of the world from the time of Nebuchadnezzar until the end of time. And as we come to chapter number seven, we see the Lord reinforcing speaking to Daniel, revealing to him the plan that God has in this world, the events of history that would unfold concerning the kings and the kingdoms of the world. We come to verse number one of Daniel chapter number seven. The Bible says that in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and the visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man and a man's heart was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second, <clears throat> excuse me, a second like to a bear and it raised up itself on one side and it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, arise, devour much flesh. After this, I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped the residue with feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. It had 10 horns. 
I considered the horns, and behold, there came up from among them another little horn before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man and a mouth speaking great things. I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were open. I beheld then, because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed, and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away. Yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit, in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for your word, and we ask that you would speak to us and Illuminate our understanding. Help us to comprehend and receive what is written here in the pages of your word as it applies to our lives some 2,500 years after this vision was given to Daniel. Help us to understand its significance to us today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we try to comprehend and understand this passage it is, it is a difficult passage to comprehend and understand. Here we get the picture of Daniel. He's looking out upon the sea, and he sees the four winds of heaven as it moves upon the sea. And we recognize what happens to the sea when the winds begin to blow. Winds from all directions stirring up the sea. And out of the sea come four beasts. And these beasts are powerful beasts. They're uh, beasts that are difficult for you and I to comprehend and understand as we hear Daniel give a description of these beasts. We understand that each of them are fierce beasts, and especially the fourth beast is a very fierce beast, unlike any of the previous three beasts. There are ten horns on this beast, and finally there arises a little horn which displaces three horns. And there's a very sinister a character to this final horn. And so we see the kingdoms of the earth and the kings of the earth oppressing the people of the earth until finally the scene shifts from the stormy sea and Daniel has a vision of the throne of God and what is taking place 
in the court of heaven. And in the midst of the difficulty and the stormy sea, Daniel's eyes are lifted above this world and into the heavens where he gains a new perspective. And as he is dealing with this vision, I want you to notice what Daniel said in verse number 15. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. It troubled me. You know, we are living today in very troublesome times, are we not? In our nation, we are, we are dealing with strife. Uh, we're dealing with deception. It is very hard today to know what the truth is. Uh, those who have been trusted to report the truth have lost their credibility. The media can no longer be trusted. There is a clear agenda that they have and that they are seeking to accomplish and facts are being uh, twisted and uh, some reports are, are not even being reported. It seems like all of our news is being filtered to lead us down a certain pathway. There's racial strife and enmity. There is lawlessness in the streets. There's looting in the stores. There is economic trouble. And there is, of course, a health crisis in our nation. As we see the kingdoms of this earth rising, we see Russia on the rise. We see uh, communist China on the rise. Uh, we see America teetering on the brink of destruction. And oftentimes, as Daniel said in verse number 15, when I consider all of this, it troubles me. It troubles me. And then I remember the words of the Lord Jesus in Mark chapter 13, when he speaks of the coming of his kingdom, when he speaks to his disciples concerning the end of the world and his come, his, his coming again, his return to this earth to establish his kingdom. In Mark 13 in verse number 17, he says, and when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled. For such things must need be, but the end shall not be yet. You see, we have in the Bible, we have here in the prophecy of Daniel, uh, a synopsis of human history, the, 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 the rise and the fall of kingdoms, and we find that there is a sinister work, a sinister motive uh, that is working in the background of all of humanity and the kingdoms of this world, and that is the kingdom of the devil. And what is it that Satan is trying to do in his kingdom? Well, he's trying to establish his kingdom. By the way, Satan fell from heaven. And when he fell from heaven, he brought a third of the angels with him. And he began immediately to conspire against God. He deceived Eve in the garden. Eve gave to her husband and he took the fruit and they uh, sinned against God. When they did so, they gave the dominion that God had given them, the dominion to this world. They gave it to Satan. And Satan is called by the Lord Jesus, the prince of this world and the God of this world. He has dominion over this world. 
But the Lord Jesus Christ, when he came to the cross of Calvary and he made the payment for our sin, he overcame the devil, he overcame sin, he overcame death, and he is coming again to establish his dominion over this world. In the interim, as we live our lives and we see these events unfolding, we, like Daniel, can be troubled. But today, may God help us to trust him, to know that he is going to bring about his purposes in our lives and in our world. Now, we have an, an election on Tuesday. It is a very critical election. It is an important election. You have two candidates and they really represent two diametrically opposed views of this world. And so important decisions are being made. And on Tuesday, the citizens of the United States will vote. And even when the results come, there will be much controversy discrepancies and disagreements over votes and what was allowed and what was done and, 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 and uh, how the vote could be manipulated by either or both parties. We'll hear debates about that. Uh, they're already beginning to board up the businesses in the major cities of the United States. Why is that? Because they anticipate more riots and more looting and more division. And as we live in the midst of this and we think about our lives and we think about our future, may God help us to gain an understanding of what Daniel saw 2,500 years ago and how it impacts us now at this critical juncture of our lives. As we consider this thought, kings and kingdoms. Now, I want us to note three things here, and I hope you'll write them down with me. Uh, first of all, I want you to see the sea because that's where this vision starts. Daniel sees the sea. Notice in verse number two, Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. And four beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. So here's Daniel. In his vision, he sees the great sea. And the winds are howling upon the great sea, coming from the four uh, corners of heaven, four different directions. These winds are coming together on the face of the sea, and the sea is being turned upward and churning upward, and, and the waves are harsh, and, and the winds are brutal and cold. And then as he looks upon this stormy sea, he sees four beasts come up out of the water. What does this mean? Well, first of all, we think about wind. We understand that God uses wind. Wind describes his movement. Wind describes his actions upon the face of the earth and upon people. What is the sea? The sea represents for us humanity. We find that image, we find that picture throughout the Bible. And of course, Daniel is speaking to us in poetic language. He's not reading to us a narrative. He is speaking to us in symbolism and, symbolism and, and, and analogies here. And so he's giving us 
a picture of the world. That is what the sea represents. It is not a literal physical sea. It is the sea of humanity. It is the countless faces of individuals across the world, no matter their nationality or ethnicity or or economic status. It is a representative of all the people of the earth. And these winds represent the works and actions of God, but also we understand that Satan, who counterfeits the work of God, also uses the wind. What we know, however, is that when Satan blows upon us with winds, God is able to use what Satan seeks to bring destruction in our lives, what Satan wants to use to destroy us, God is able to use for our good. You see, no matter how many steps Satan may take, God is always a step ahead of the devil. And that gives me great comfort today. And I hope it gives you great comfort. You see, we see the winds of circumstance blowing upon the sea of humanity. Recently, just a few months ago, seven months ago, we saw the winds of COVID blowing upon our nation. A shutdown. Businesses closed. People told to stay home. Schools closed. Uh, Cultural things that we have uh, learned to enjoy in our life removed. Uh, Public gatherings stopped. You can no longer go to church. You have to keep your distance. You have to wear a mask. All of these things that we have been told, this wind of COVID has blown upon the sea of humanity. Then as we grew into the summer, as we moved forward into the summer, we had uh, the George Floyd situation. He was killed by the police in Minneapolis, and, and we had the, the media coverage of that, and, and then the protests, and then the racial enmity, and, and the political divides of, of all of the results of, of that situation, the exploitation of that situation. And we have had unrest and protests and looting and violence and hatred and division in our nation for months. In the midst of that, there is a political campaign going on. Two parties who seek to vilify one another, who will say whatever it takes and do whatever it takes to get the vote and win the election. You see, when we look at human history, when we look at the sea of humanity, when we see the winds howling and blowing, we understand why there's such a storm in this world. And we're living in the midst of one right now. And Daniel said, it troubled me. It troubled me. Then we find that out of this stormy sea comes these four beasts. And it's very difficult as we read the description of the the beasts to understand exactly how these images look and exactly what it means. But we have a key given to us in Daniel chapter 2 in Nebuchadnezzar's vision, and we understand that these four beasts represent four kingdoms. Now, these are earthly kingdoms. By the way, there are two kingdoms that are really at war today. That's the kingdom of the devil, as I said a moment ago, and he is resisting the kingdom of God. 
in this sea of humanity, there are earthly kingdoms that rise and fall. And Daniel, looking through a prophetic time clock, sees the four great kingdoms that will arise from his time until the end of time the four earthly kingdoms, and they're represented by these beasts. And so I want you to look with me again in verse number four. The first, that's the first beast that came up out of the sea was like a lion. So we imagine a lion, but we see a lion that had eagle's wings. And I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked off. And it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. This is a representation of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, who became like a beast, if you read the book of Daniel. And he had power and he had strength. This Babylonian empire that seemed indestructible, however, after 70 years was overthrown. After 70 years of captivity, uh, of, of the Jews in Babylon, they were overthrown. And so we see the second beast that arose, verse number five, and behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear, not like a lion, but here's a bear now, and raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth uh, of it between the teeth of it, and they said thus unto it, arise, devour much flesh. So Babylon, like a lion, but Persia is like a bear. And this bear is a devouring bear. And it has three ribs in its mouth to represent three kings that were defeated by the Persians. Afterward, in verse number six, we see a third beast arise. After this, I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. So here's a leopard. We can envision a leopard with four wings. The beast had also four heads. So this is a grotesque picture. And uh, dominion was given to it. As we study history, we, we understand this is a picture, an image of the Grecian Empire. And Greece overthrew the Persians and ruled until the Romans came in. And we see Rome in verse number 7. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Here we have a picture of the Roman Empire. And in Nebuchadnezzar's vision, he saw the Roman Empire. Uh, it was the, the feet, the legs, and the feet. The, the legs of iron and then the feet, which were mixed iron and clay. This is a representation of the Roman Empire. And the Romans uh, took over uh, during the time of Christ, before the time of Christ, and they ruled the world for centuries. Ultimately, if you study the history of Western civilization, you understand that Rome divided the East and the West. And there is going to be a revival of the Roman Empire. We understand that there were ten horns upon this beast, and these ten horns represent ten kings. 
The Bible tells us again in, in verse number eight, I considered the horns and behold, there came up among them another little horn before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. So one horn, a little horn, grows up and displaces three horns. This horn is a very sinister horn. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man and a mouth speaking great things. Here we have evil personified. Here we have the Antichrist, the rise of the Antichrist from and among the Roman Empire. We understand that the Antichrist will try to unify this world and he will be inspired by the devil and Satan will sink, seek to bring the world together to worship him and to resist the kingdom of God. And as we look at the stormy sea of this world, and as we consider the winds that are howling upon this sea of humanity, we need to understand that these things are happening just as God said they would. We need to understand that no matter the results on Tuesday, there will still be winds howling upon the sea of humanity and Satan will still be working and the conspiracy against God and God's people will continue. And so we see the sea. But then thanks be unto God, we see a second thing and that is the sovereign. The sovereign, that means the king, the ruler supreme, King Jesus. You see, the scene shifts now from the stormy seas of this world up into the throne room of the majesty and glory of God. And by the way, what you and I need in this world as we live out our days upon this earth is to shift the scene, to shift our gaze from the circumstances of this life and the difficulties of this world and to look to the Lord. And we have the privilege to go into his presence daily as we enter into his word, as we get into our prayer closet, we have the privilege and the opportunity to see God on the throne. And I want to tell you that as I'm troubled and as Daniel is troubled here, what is it that gives him strength? What is it that gives him courage? What is it that gives him hope? It is seeing the Lord on his throne. I want you to notice it with me in verse number nine. He said, I beheld till the thrones were cast down. That's the dominions of the kings of this earth. And the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow. That speaks of his purity. His position is that he's on the throne. He is pure. The hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was like a fiery flame. And his wheels as a burning fire. That speaks of his power. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were open. This speaks of his people. Here we get the picture of God 
seated on his throne. And the people of God gathered around about him, and they are praising him, and they are in peace, and they are protected, and they are provided for, and no damage, no hurt, no trouble can ever come against them. They are in the presence of a holy God. He's the sitting judge. And then we see in verse number 11, the slain beasts. Remember now this little horn, this awful beast uh, is in control of this world. And in verse number 11, the Bible said, I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. I beheld even to the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. In verse 13, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man. This is speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Son of Man is a title for the Lord Jesus. And so uh, here we find that Daniel sees the vision of God, the Father, the Ancient of Days, seated on his throne, ruling and governing in the affairs of man. Bringing together, despite the winds... Despite the churning sea, despite the efforts of the four kings of this earth, and despite the efforts of Satan, who is working in the actions of those four kings, despite all of their efforts, what we find is God seated on his throne in heaven, bringing this purpose and plan together. We don't see it happening physically, but we know it is happening because we trust in the living God and we have the, the, we have the lenses of God's word to place over our eyes so that we with faith can look forward to what God is doing in this world. And he says, I see one like the son of man who came with the clouds of heaven and came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Now when Jesus came to this earth, the disciples, they were looking for a deliverer, one who would deliver them politically from Roman oppression. All of the Jews in that region, they were looking too for a Messiah who would deliver them from Roman oppression. But what they did not understand, it was not Roman oppression that they needed to be delivered from. It was the oppression of sin that they needed to be delivered from. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was the sinless one, came to this earth. He was tempted to the devil. And he overcame that temptation. He demonstrated his power over death and over disease and over the devil. He cast the devils and the demons out of those who were possessed of the devil. He went to the cross of Calvary and he, in his body he bore our iniquities. When he prayed in the garden, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He submitted himself to drink the cup of our sin. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, the Lord laid it upon him. Laid what upon him? The iniquity of us all. He who knew no sin was made sin for us. He went to the cross. He suffered and he bled and he died. 
His disciples wept. They, take, they took his body from off the cross. They, they buried him in a, a tomb, a borrowed tomb, uh, there hewn out of the rock in a garden. On the third day, the women went to the grave to anoint his body. But when they got there, they found that the grave was empty. The stone had been rolled away. They were looking for him. And finally, they encountered him. They encountered the risen Savior. The one that had been crucified was alive. And he lives forevermore. And the picture that we have that Daniel gave to us here in verse number 13, look at it again. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days. Where did he come from? He, he came from this world. He came from the grave. He arose and ascended into the presence of the Father, victorious over death and hell and sin. And he comes to the Father. In verse 14, and there was given him dominion. He won back the dominion that Adam gave away in the garden and glory and a kingdom. You see, he's a king, and he has a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. Listen, there's no reason for people to be divided over the color of their skin, their ethnicity, their nationality, because the Lord Jesus Christ came to unite us all in him, to make us one in him. All people, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. There's never going to be a king after King Jesus. No more beasts are coming out of the sea. You see, we see the sovereign. Oh, yes, we see the sea, but thanks be unto God, we can look up into the heavens and we can see the Son of God, Jesus Christ. He is coming again. Bible tells us in the book of Revelation, chapter number 11, the seventh angel sounded. And there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. If it's Biden, if it's Trump, the kingdoms of this world are coming to Jesus. If it's China, North Korea, Russia, if it's the Middle East, if it's Iran, I want to tell you, friend, on the authority of God's word, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. You say, Pastor, will there ever be a one-world government? Oh, yes, there will be. And I'm going to tell you who's going to rule on that throne, King Jesus. You see, when I look at the stormy sea, I get troubled. But when I'm reminded to look into heaven and see my sovereign, I'm encouraged. We see a third and final thing, and that is the saints. Here we see the people who know God. I want to ask you a question. As you sit this morning listening to me, do you know that if you died today, your sins are forgiven, you're on your way to heaven? Have you ever received the Lord Jesus by faith personally, made him your Savior and your Lord? 
If you haven't, I want to tell you that he died for you and he loves you and he wants to save you from your sin. He wants to give you a home in heaven. He wants you to share in the inheritance of his saints. Now, we're not saints because we did anything right or good. The Bible tells us that all of us have sinned. We are made saints because of his righteousness. And when we trust him, he, he gives his righteousness to us. He puts it on our account. He forgives us of our sin, all the wicked things that we've done all the things that we're ashamed of, all the guilt that has been laid upon us because of our sin, the Lord removes it and he forgives us and he makes us the children of God. We are saints. Now we see the saints here and we see two pictures of them. First of all, we see them persecuted. This is not a pleasant picture. This is not a pleasant picture. These are the things that I struggle with it personally. When I think about the enmity that has been fostered in this nation against the church of the living God. I've told the story. A man came to see me. He was running for political office. He says, Pastor, tell me, what are the issues important to you and your church? And I said, I'm just going to be very honest with you. The most important issue to me and to our church is the issue of religious liberty. Our nation was founded on religious liberty. But I want to tell you, there is an effort ongoing, and it is a powerful effort to, to hinder and restrict religious freedom in the United States of America. There has been a revolution in this culture uh, that, that is just unprecedented and, and almost beyond my ability to comprehend. And this revolution involves the destruction of religious liberty in this country. And I want to tell you, if we lose our liberty, if we lose our liberty, if the light goes out in America, and by the way, it won't because the light has continued despite restrictions on religious liberty through all the world. But this nation was founded on the principles of religious liberty. And there's a group of people who wants to do away with our history, do away with the foundations of America, and they want to create their own vision and their own version of America that removes God from the public arena. They hate the word of God. They hate the church. They hate any message that will remind them of the sinfulness of their sin. And listen, we as God's people, we don't hate people. Now, we're portrayed that way, but we don't hate people. We love people, and we want to give them the message of the gospel. And those that we disagree vehemently with, we're we not to treat them uh, in a way that is unchristlike. We're not to mistreat them. We should not be a part of that, uh, that group of people who, who treat people that way. We should have a heart full of love and compassion, but we should also have uh, the responsibility to tell the truth, and we should carry out that responsibility. But we understand that this Antichrist, when he comes, is going to persecute God's saints. And by the way, before he comes, before he's made known, there's going, the spirit of Antichrist is going to permeate this world. And it is. It is already here. And so we see it in verse number 19, the saints persecuted. Verse 19, then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all others, exceeding dreadful whose teeth were of iron his nails of brass 
which devoured, breaking pieces and stamped the residue with his feet. I mean, here's a beast that just wants to destroy everything. That's the picture. And of the ten horns that were in his head, those are ten kings that represent this beast. And of the other which came up, and before whom the three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. This is the Antichrist, verse 20. I beheld in the same horn made war with the saints. What does the Antichrist want to do? He wants to destroy God's people and prevailed against them. Here we see persecution coming against God's people. Now, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior, when the rapture occurs, you're going up. And when the Antichrist is pouring out his wrath, the saints that are spoken of here are the saints who will be saved during the tribulation period. And here he is opposing them and persecuting them. But as I said a moment ago, before this event happens, this spirit of Antichrist will permeate this world and this persecution will begin to be realized. Do you know that today in our world, more people are dying for the cause of Christ than any other point in human history? You don't hear much of it, but it's happening. In India, in Africa, in the Middle East, in China, people are being killed. They're being slain because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, because they will not bow, because they will not uh, be persuaded to let go of their faith of Christ. This persecution has come, and it will become more intense when the Antichrist is in power Verse 22, until the ancient of days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Verse 23, thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom and ten kings shall arise and another shall arise after them and he shall be diverse from the first. He shall subdue three kings and he shall speak great words against the most high. That is against God. He will speak great words against God and shall wear out the saints. He will literally wear them down, the saints of the most high. And think to change times and laws, they shall be given unto his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. That means three and one-half years. The saints persecuted. What did Peter say? Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. What did Paul say to Timothy? Be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. I want to tell you that when I think about what's happened in our nation, when I think of the religious liberty that is being eroded in our nation, when I think of the attack that came against Amy Coney Barrett because she sat on the board of a Christian school, the media attacks that were launched against her because she would dare to embrace biblical truths and principles and uphold them, truths and principles that have been dearly held in this nation since its founding and now all of a sudden we have a group of revolutionaries who want to portray people who have believed what this nation has always stood for for hundreds of years and say these people are evil by the way the bible tells us woe unto them that call evil good and good evil this is the day in which we live 
this persecution has come. But not only do we see the saints persecuted, but we see the saints prevailing. And that's the good news today. No matter what happens Tuesday, no matter what happens with the governor and the shutdown and COVID cases, no matter what happens in China or in Russia or in Iran, I want you to know that if you know God, everything is going to be okay. Verse 16, I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this. Now remember, here, here Daniel is troubled after he sees this vision. And so he comes near and he asks someone, can you explain all this to me? Verse 16, so he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things. These great beasts which are four are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. Verse 18, here's a great statement. Underline it, circle it. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. You see, right now in America, there are competing visions for what this country ought to be. And I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, a lot of what I'm hearing, I don't want anything to do with. I don't want my children to grow up in that version of America. And I can get really troubled. But when I recognize something, that King Jesus is on the throne, and he's coming again, and he's going to rule upon this earth for a thousand years, and all the saints, all those that we know and love who are in heaven with him are going to be with us for a thousand years while Jesus rules justly and righteously upon this earth. We're going to be with him for a thousand years. We are going to take possession of the kingdom of God, even forever and ever, because after the thousand years, what's going to happen? He's going to create a new heaven and a new earth, and we're going to be with him forever. Praise be unto God. I want to tell you, that's better than Malox. That's better than a nerve pill. That's better than a cup of tea. It's truth that gives me hope that God is in control. And while the stormy sea rages on, there's coming a day of peace and blessing like the world has never known. The saints will prevail. Notice in verse 26, but the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion. That's the Antichrist. To consume and destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, that's you and I, of the saints of the most high whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. And Revelation gives us a picture of that kingdom. There's no more darkness. There's no more disease. There's no more tears. There's no more death. There's no more stress. There's no more pain in that kingdom. What a glorious time it will be. Verse 28, Daniel says, hitherto is the end of the matter. Hey guys, this is what he's saying. That's the end of the matter. That's the whole picture. That's the whole ball of wax. It's all going to be okay. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for sharing that with me today as I stand on the eve of an election 
as I'm troubled at what I see, I can have renewed hope and faith in God. And I know that he loves my kids and my grandkids and the future generations, and he's going to take care of his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against him. And so we thank you, Lord Jesus, because you are the king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords who will put down the kings and kingdoms of this earth and destroy the devil and bring us into his presence. Now, I want to ask you a question. Will you be there? Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used his word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.